0: it's Impossible to please God by himself because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and will those who so to seek him. So it's salvation. We accepted by faith the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. But then we started to live a journey by faith, each day growing spiritually in Jesus, maturing. And that's what I want to talk about today because I believe God has destined us, you and I, to be people who live by faith. Amen. So I'm going to look firstly at Abraham. His life is all about God's promise. Oh, nice looking chapter there. I want to just remind you of his story a little bit. Because in Genesis 12, it tells us that the Lord said to Abraham, Go through your country, your people, your farms, soft, and your father's household, and I'll show you, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And we read further in Genesis 15 that God promises Abraham, a son, his own flesh and blood, up till now he had not been able to have children, and He, from him would come a great nation. And Hebrews 11 and 8 tells us, By faith Abraham had called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance. He obeyed and he went, even though he didn't know where he was going. So he promised the Father's word that God has given to him. He was to leave how of the age of sanctified, up unto and go to a land that was foreign and strange, leaving everything to be buried. Now, through Abraham, the Lord had promised that all peoples on the earth would be blessed. That's Genesis 12, verse 3, for those taking notes, and that a nation would come from him. But we read in Genesis 16 there's a little blip in this story, because Sarah persuades Abraham. When nothing happens and they don't have a child and they're both healthy, to have a son through Hagar, you know the story, Ishmael is born. Now, Ishmael and Hagar became thorns in Sarah's flesh. That's what I said. They're like thorns, yes, in her flesh and in life. And so she passed them out to the family. And you know there's been enmity ever since between Ishmael's descendants who are the Arabs and the Jews because of that because Abraham tried to fulfil the promise of God through his own efforts. But God's promise is never fulfilled through the machinations of our own efforts at all. It wasn't in God's divine own purpose that uh, his son would be born, through the intervention of the human spirit or the human desire. And the promise of Isaac was fulfilled through Abraham obeying and hearing the will of God by faith. Now, sometimes God asks us to obey him there's things we don't want to do. Or things that we don't want to wait for, we haven't got the patience. Sometimes we think we know best. Sometimes we think our way is best. And do we try and make his will happen for us? Are we couldn't do that. I know I've tried to that many times. But if we choose to believe that our way is better, then problems will ensue. We need to have absolute faith in what God has said to us for our lives, his purpose for our lives in the future. I want to share just a little bit of our personal testimony, not merely of you will notice. In 1971, the Lord called Paul and myself to leave our professional jobs, he was an engineer and I worked in biochemistry large hospital. to leave our jobs and to go and train in a theological college. And uh, we went and did that, and after a couple of years, Um, We then did imaginative work. But then we began to wait on God and said, Where do you want to find us? What church do you want us to be in? And it just seemed to us that we had a long period of waiting at that time. Our son, Andrew, was born. And um, we waited and waited. And after a period of time, Paul accepted. We in a few churches, but we didn't feel they were right. And we said no to Southampton Church. And after a period of time, Paul accepted the church quite close by. We were living with his parents at the time. and we accepted this church, but I felt in my heart, and Paul agreed with this, I had a struggle. I didn't think but right about what Paul needs. He's decided he'll know what God's good is for us. I was still very hungry those days. And um, anyway, the waiting time was difficult. There were very many problems that ensued. We never ever went to that church. There so many difficulties we would never have been able to handle. So we went back to the Southampton Church and had this phone call, and they said to us, uh, Young man, uh, God has told us that you're he coming here, that you he said no, that you're going to be coming. So six months later, uh, we made that phone call, and we knew it was right that we came to Southampton. We still didn't have any sort of clear future. Just like Abraham, it wasn't clear and straightforward because there was no mass, there was no house for to live we had a very tiny salary, you know, a huge prospect, a tiny church, 25 people. And um, so I said, if I was living in Kent, Paul moved down and took a second job. So we were thinking, Lord, where are you in all of this? But God doesn't really everything like straight away. And it was amazing, because while I was at home praying uh, in Kent, I said, Lord, Paul's down there. Hasn't got home for us. Where are you going to do? And I read a scripture, I was like 14 and it was about, I, I can make a home or a possession for the Bitter. I didn't know the Bitter was a bird then, um, but as it happened, I ran up all the I and said, um, you know, there's a place in Southampton called Bitter. And they said, yes, there's three places you have bitten, Bitter, bitter Park, and Bitter Manor. So I said, right, I believe God has got a home for us in one of those places. And lo and behold, a few months later, we had a home in Bitter Park. God was amazing. He just worked things out, finances and everything and we lived in that home for 13 years. We then pastored that church for 14 years. So God's, God's plans and purposes were already there for us to, to accept and believe in. We, we just had to accept it. Sometimes the future doesn't seem very clear, I we'll say, for all of us. But if God has given you a specific word, you need to hold on to that word. You need to believe that God is telling you. This is my perfect will for your future and I will fulfil it. In my time, not when you want it, but my time. You know, Abraham and Sarah required great faith to believe God's birth there, to leave their homeland, to believe they have a son. And if they hadn't been willing to trust him, if Isaac had not been produced, then the global divine plan of salvation would never ever have taken place through their lives. We would not have been blessed today, all the people on the earth will be blessed through me. What can we learn from Abraham? I think there's times when God desires us to be patient, to be prayerful, while we're going through a very difficult time. We all have those difficult times. Sometimes He will reveal His plan to you and to me through a prophetic word, through a scripture that springs out from a page, through a dream, through a vision. And we need to take note of those. We need to learn to keep hearing to God's voice and speaks to us, because we are on a personal journey of faith. We are living our lives by faith. We can't rush this journey because our life experiences are designed to teach us that God wants us to trust Him for everything. Trust Him for our lives, our future, our finances, our children, our families, our jobs, everything. Living by faith is about holding on to God's promises to us and believing for the impossible situation, i.e., Abraham and Sarah, to become possible. So, are you believing God for something in your life today? Maybe it's taken a long time to see that promise revealed to you. Has He given you a vision for your future? If so, then you need to hold on to that promise. You need to continue to believe in Him. Just keep on trusting, trusting, trusting that what is impossible to do. He's not impossible to God, because he is the God of the workings. Are you I, as a church today, believing that God has amazing things for this church? He's going to do something amazing? Because if we believe that, corporately, we need to work together, whatever the testing circumstances that may confront us as a church. We need to work together to believe that. Both Abraham and Sarah were elderly as you know, and couldn't have a charge. And they received that promise. But that medical fact, didn't bother God, did it? He? <laughs> He's the God of the impossible, the God of the miraculous. And Hebrews 11 12 says that from this one man, Abraham, he as good as dead, came the seven, as the universe the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So they had to wait a long time to see that promise take place, but it did. And God went called Abraham a father of many nations in Genesis 17. I want you to notice this, that Abraham's there. Never ever lived to see the fulfillment of that particular promise. You and I are there today, and we've seen that fulfillment, haven't we? We've been blessed by Abraham, but they never saw it. But they still walked that journey by faith. So, if he's made a promise to you, and please, please keep believing in him and holding on to his word. Because 2 Corinthians 5 says, we live by faith, not by sin. Amen. The second character I just saw during the this morning is Joseph, and his life is all about God's provision. If Abraham was all about God's promise, his is all about God's provision. Hebrews 11, 22 says, By faith Joseph, when his same was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. Prior to this, many years before, we know his wonderful story. He was a greatly young son, a much-favoured son of uh, Jacob. All the other brothers were very jealous of him. His father gave him a wonderful ornate robe, well, a beautiful robe, a him to wear. He had dreams, didn't he, that he was going to, by example, this value to him. Thankfully, he shared this with his jealous brothers, and they didn't like it, so they came to to him on day. Reuben um, intervened and saved his life to so the brothers. Took off his mother, his beautiful brother, threw him down a well. And we read in the scripture that later on he was sold to passing traders for 20 shepherds of silver, which is the price of a slave in those days. And then later on he was sold to Potiphar in Egypt. In one day, Joseph, a young man, 17 years of age, free in his house, our father's household, much loved, had now become a slave in a foreign land. Where were the promises and dreams that God gave to him now? I wonder if he asked that question over the next 13 years while he languished in prison at times The crimes he did commit, while he was a slave and was doing the bidding of others. However, the Bible tells us that he didn't linger with a self, sense of self-pity or bitterness. He didn't allow that to affect him at all. He just carried on living his life in those circumstances. By faith, believing that God would bring him out of that darkness and use him at some point. I wonder, you know, how you and I might have reacted. I often thought, if I were Joseph someone like that, how would I have behaved? I don't think I would have had the grace that Jesus had. Had we allowed ourselves sometimes to become bitter and angry with God because of our circumstances, we've gone through trials and suffer difficult times, but sometimes God allows those things to happen in our lives so that we will trust him and prove him to be the one person who will bring us through those dark days. And in fact those hard experiences in our lives equip us, make us stronger, for the challenges that lie ahead and they actually give us more faith to believe. If we have seen our way through one thing, God is not going to let go us, he's going to keep us uh, and look after us through the next challenge. We had a few challenges uh, a few years ago in 2015. Paul and I retired from the Psyche Church and we thought we'd have a great life, we'd have talent, and go on and do lots of things. However, one year later, I was like, diagnosed with breast cancer and uh, I was in absolute fear at that stage and disbelief and just lost my peace totally. And friends and family gathered around me and I just said, Well, I want your peace. And you know what? God just gave me a total peace that He was going to look after me. Whether he would heal me instantaneously or I would go through treatment it didn't make like, any difference. I had that peace in my heart that God was going to protect me and look after me. There was a friend of mine in Southampton that most of you know, know Kitty Nice or Dennis lovely lady, but I did. She walked this journey with me and she prayed with me. And she saw how I needed to have faith and she prayed for God to be faithful and hopefully. And just a few months later, she also was diagnosed with very, very serious breast cancer. And I just thought, God, you have just allowed me to go through this and I can a this journey with her. And then a few months after that, my sister-in-law had breast cancer and had extensive surgery, etc. And again, I just thought, God, you just prepared the way. You've me such hope and peace in my heart. And I walk this journey with somebody else. Sometimes God allows that to happen to us. He doesn't say it. Um, he does allow things to teach us about himself, and to allow us to be blessing, a blessing to other people when they need that help. So Joseph was prepared to be a blessing, even though he'd been unjustly treated. And he still believed that God was going to use him, and we know that, and I raised him up to the status of Prime Minister, uh, about who to have that responsible job to Ironically, he now wore beautiful robes in he? <laughs> To replace that lovely rope that was torn off him. He was reconciled with his mother and uh, his father, of course, he was reunited with him. And the amazing thing was, they bowed down to him just as he's dreaming. Exactly. <coughs> Those dark days of slavery and imprisonment, they meant something for him because before bore them in his youth. And what did they do? They went on to produce a very spiritually mature man. Who could hold a responsible position and he fulfilled the purposes of God for his generation. That's what we're looking for today people who would live by faith and fulfill the purposes of God for this generation that we're in. He was walking his journey by faith. Psalm 5 verse 17 says, He set a man before me, Joseph, sold as a the slave. They bruised his feet with shackles, his neck was put in irons until what he foretold came to pass, and the word of the Lord proved him true. Now, after his father died, his brothers came to him rather worrying and concerned that he might seek revenge on them for the evil they had planned for him. But he said (coughs) in Genesis 50, verse 20, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish uh, what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You know, sometimes God will allow things to happen in our lives so that we will learn that truth at all times. Work together yeah, the book as Romans eight twenty-eight says. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. We've been called according to his purpose. Many years ago, very many years ago, our church went through a really, really difficult time. It caused great ducerity, it caused many people to leave the church, in fact, our church of two life's heart. And all I cry out to the Lord, and we said, Why Lord have this happen to us? Everything seems to be done so well. Why is it happened? And one morning, Paul and I got up and Paul said to me, asking me the scripture in the night, and I said, yes, Paul said, asking him the scripture in the night. The scripture was, Genesis 50-20, we intended to harm, but God intended this for our good. And we knew then that Satan was intended to harm the church, intended to harm us, causing us to be so discouraged that we mighty life left the ministry. But God told us, live this verse out by faith. You will be restored, you will see God do new things in this church. And so we started to lit out. Now, within a few years the church had doubled in size, we started to have homish immigrants coming to the church, and two lovely people over there, and, um, yes, Jacob, Mark, and Roxana, um, They came to the church. In fact, Jacob, I think you were born, were you? Uh, born into the church, lovely Polish families came into the church. And I think over the next 10 years we saw between two and 300 Polish people coming into the church. Just absolutely amazing what we did. God did. Because what the discouragement could have caused us to disbelieve, but God said, now, you have going to do here. And you're going to see much fruit. So from small beginnings came about great growth. And we love those people. They're just wonderful. And in fact, there are now two. Polish-speaking churches in the city of Southampton, and we believe that that God has, you know, used the good that came out of the church to bless them. God had turned what was harmful into good. Sometimes these very hard and difficult times have to teach us something. We have to learn patience and trust, don't we? It's not easy. Nobody can deny it. It is not easy at all. But when we're patient, when we trust in Him by faith, He does such good things. So, the dark and painful days Joseph went through, your amazing results. These are seen as a by faith experience. Are you going through a by faith experience at the moment? Something that you're longing for to see. Maybe you're longing to see your children come back to God. Maybe you're longing to see someone that you work with and get born again. I don't know. Maybe your finances are in difficulties. You might be facing some really hard circumstances at the moment. Maybe they've robbed you of your joy, your patience. Maybe they've knocked you aside spiritually. But God says to keep living by faith and trust in me. Trust in me like Joseph did when all was dark around him. Maybe you feel there's no way out. It's all you can see is darkness. But God says to you, there is a way out. I walk in this journey with you. I walk with you and I'll bring you through by faith. Are you struggling today with illness, depression? finances, they were not good, broken relationships, family troubles. Great good came from Joseph walking his journey by faith because he went on to provide food for Egypt and then God provided a new life for him. By faith, God always, always gives us great blessings when we walk by faith and we deal with those difficult situations. Timing is always almost, almost perfect in our lives, I and mean, it always provides us with an answer. Now, at the end of Joseph's life, we read gives introduction to the great value. Take my bones when you leave this land. When there's an exodus, take my bones. He never saw that exodus, and it happened hundreds of years later. But it is a prophetic word. And often, God will give us words about our future. We have to believe them, they're specific words to us. Let's be determined to be those sort of Christians living and speaking by faith. The final lady I want to look at this morning is Rahab. If the other two are about promise and provision, hers is about God's protection. What an amazing story. How incredible that this lady should be included in the list of amazing patriarchs. Because you know, Joseph, Joshua was leading the people at that time to the God's land, and Jericho was going to fall. They knew this from God. And when they sent spies into the land, she hid those spies and she saved them from death when the king of Jericho saw them out and wanted to kill them. But she said to them, look, when you come back, I know God's given this place into your hands, when you come back, will you stay near my family? He said, they promised, yes, we will do that on earth. But put a scarlet cord down from the windows and we'll see it. Bring your family into that room and you will be saved. I believe that this woman immediately she believed God, and she believed that God of his Israelites right was going to be her protector, to be her saviour. She made that sin to be on the Lord's side that day. And because of her faith in God's protect her, her family was saved and certain death. Joshua 6, verse 25 says, Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and all the belonged to her, because she hid the name. Joshua sent his spouse to Spice, Jericho, and she lives amongst the Israelites to this day. What an amazing story of kindness and grace we see there. That's incredible. She believed in the God of the Israel, Israelites to protect her, and she started to walk a journey by faith. Now, this was a totally new life for her. she would be a prostitute for all her loose morals. She had to change her culture, she had to change her lifestyle, she had to change her homeland. Everything she was leaving behind, walking into. We are known, I think. And I'll give you another example from our lives. In the early 1980s, um, I think it was, or correct me if I'm, correct, I'm wrong, Paul came over to work one day from the church and said, "Janice, I've just been laid hands on a big old urban building. Uh, that has been it for a long time. And do you know what I did? I was like Sarah. I laughed. i was just joking. We've grown from 25 to 80 people, but I've never felt that place. and." Uh, he said, No, I believe God is in this building. And we received a prophetic word from another guy who said, No build the ark before the rains fell. And we held on to that. And we thought, God, we're going to do something. Eventually we brought that building away from the thing through financial metaphor. And we did a lot of work on it Terry and they both came and offered their services, carpentry building, all the rest of it to change the design. And we moved into it in early nineteen eighty six. But you know that one was fulfilled because, in subsequent years, after moving to St Augustine's Church, it proved to be a place of sanctuary, salvation, uh, safety for many people. In fact, hundreds and hundreds of people—you know—became Christians there. uh, Were baptized in the holy spirit, baptized in water, we married them, we dedicated their babies, we dedicated grandchildren. Absolutely amazing, and that—that is. of the word that God gave to Paul. Now, Paul was exercising what I call a gift of the Spirit, the gift of faith. Um, and you don't normally live in that operation, but you have to really hold on to that word against all the odds to get that burden, to buy that burden. And I believe that God is saying to you that just in the same way, you can live your life each day, in you are your living today by faith, whatever comes. Let the circumstances face me, whatever bad news hits me, I'm living this day by faith. I will deal with every circumstance by faith. There are not be of God's grace in the end of the story of Rahab. The Lord took Rahab, the goodness spoken her smiles, brought all the family and herself under his divine protection. Gave her a new name, gave her a new family. The scarlet cord used to rescue her the blood of Jesus Christ the and rather the sacrifice that he made for us when he died on the cross and he saved us you too can know that today if you don't know Jesus is your savior you can know the love of Jesus today and start with living in your life and faith in him goodness and mercy followed her as she walked by faith because many generations later we discover, in the discovery of Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 it very you know, married, and from that line came King David, and King David, the line of the tribe of Judah. Jesus came from that line. Isn't this amazing? <laughs> and this woman was lifted up to become an ancestor. Just absolutely amazing. When you consider who she was, what she had a reputation of being, she was a Gentile the woman as well. Into I don't suppose she ever thought that she would be mentioned in the Book of Hebrews, But God saw the bigger picture of me. And he sees a bigger picture of him. Whatever you've gone through at this moment, he sees the bigger picture that you don't see. Just pray and ask him, say, Lord, will you show me a bigger picture of my future, my life, my destiny? I want to have my life living by faith, each day, each day living by faith, believing you, trusting in you for my life. For my future husband, for my future wife, for my future job, for where I'm going to live, for the church I'm going to be planted in. Lord God, will you happen to live by faith? So there's a tremendous grace here, uh seen demonstrated by the Lord of Heaven towards this woman. I'm just amazed that she gets that of mention, but what are You know, you and I have each shared great grace, haven't we? We haven't married this in the Grace, but it emanates from a loving God, a God who is faithful and kind. A God who is loving and gracious, who loves you, who loves me. And that's so amazing as we work walk on journey and faithfully.
1: So let's understand today that God
0: has planned the be very best for each of us you think, right, and We all have individual rights. And we can his purposes if you wish. But he says, I love you today or, I you, and I want you to serve me and follow my ways and my plans and live by faith. Don't miss out on anything God's got for you today. Keep living. Living your life rightly. All us God asks is that we journey with you on our journey of faith. So can I encourage you today to determine to live your life his way? Let's move good for you, walk together as a church. We know what the future and we believe it's amazing and good things that are ahead for us. So let's do that. And it's when we allow him to take a sovereign place in our lives that we you know, this year, it's like it is you know, by faith, just like Abraham, Joseph, or Rahab. So let's be known to people who by faith.